thanks, Jenny. Uh, good to see everyone. Um, I'm Andres. Uh, if you haven't met me before, and uh, one of the elders here at church, uh, while uh, Andis, uh, Pastor Andres is on a couple of weeks break, uh, you've uh, you've uh, don't have the A team. You've got the B team. So hopefully we can work through this. <laughs> Um, hopefully as well you've uh, picked up a Bible or someone can find a Bible for you. Uh, psalm 78, as you may have noticed, is, is not a short psalm. Uh, so uh, thanks Ilza for reading it so well, but uh, please do have it open um, as, as I go through that uh, so we can read along. If you're already uh, also new or visiting, uh, you have come in the middle of our summer series uh, which I'm just so beautifully called Songs for Summer. Sounds almost like a rock concert, but, uh, but uh, yeah, the Bible is full of beautiful psalms which, uh, which uh, direct us upwards, and Psalm 78 uh, is, there is a lot in there. Uh, there's a lot to remember, and it reminds us about remembering. It reminds us of the importance of remembering, uh, the importance of teaching the next generation, and how important God should actually be in our lives. And the importance of leaving a Christian legacy down through the following generations. Now, as I was um, uh, preparing for this, I was thinking how important stories are in our life. Stories often help us remember things. And we tell stories uh, to our children and we often get our identity through stories. They teach us values and we can't keep passing them on. And we like telling stories about ourselves where we went to school, maybe where, where we had our first kiss, where we stubbed the toe. As we get older, uh, if you're a mum, you might retell the story of giving birth in all its gory uh, wonder. And later on, you talk about your grandchildren and your ailments and, and the big events in life. And we keep telling each other stories so that we don't forget, so that we are reminded of what is actually important. And Psalm 78, as I said, gives us a chance and a pause to think about this. It's a chance to think, what does God want to remind us of? The psalmist reminds us that we need to be aware of what we are fighting for in life, about God's grace as well as his judgment, and where we should find our future hope in a psalm that even Jesus quotes in Matthew 13. So if you've got it open, let's start uh, at verse 1. O my people, hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter hidden things, things from of old. What we have heard and known, what our fathers have told us, we will not hide them from their children. The psalmist is starting with a huge spotlight And he's pointing on the importance of what is about to come. And he's uh, reminding us of the importance to keep reminding each other and our children of what has come. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders of what he has done. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel which he commanded our forefathers to teach their children. So the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. I was thinking about how we remember big things in society like war. I know in England uh, we uh, remember lost soldiers in Remembrance Day in November. 
In Australia, where I'm from, uh, uh, unlike the rest of the world, uh, Australians like to remember a really classic loss. Uh, it was, it's called Anzac Day and basically uh, commemorates uh, the fight in Gallipoli in Turkey, where the Australians and their allies absolutely got decimated. Now, there's an interesting poem which is always read around Anzac Day. Let me read it. They shall grow not old, as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun, and in the morning, we will remember them, lest we forget. Now, Australians will remember these words, and it will be key. And the reason why is because each year the same poem is read. Each year the same stories are told about the bravery of the soldiers, the stupidity of the English, English uh, generals and commanders, about the terror of war, lest we forget. We are reminded constantly so that we don't make the same mistakes. We are reminded constantly so that we remember. Now, the world knows the importance of passing on a legacy. And so we tell the same stories to the next generation. The stories that influenced me when I was growing up were often the stories that my grandmother told me. And it was about how she grew up in Latvia, about how she escaped from the communists, the death of uh, uh, my grandfather in the war, how she came to Australia, remarried, she wanted us to remember these important events. She wanted us, to, wanted us to remember the family legacy. Now, certain stories carried a lot of emotional weight for her. She raised me in this oral history. But long after I forget the details of what exactly happened, I remember the values, the ideals, and the love with which she taught her children. So as we sit here in Grace International, what is important for us to remember? What should we be reminding ourselves about? Now, in 2 Peter chapter 1, Peter gives us a bit of light on what we should be reminding ourselves. Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fall. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. So, I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body, because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. Similarly, the psalmist reminds us of the importance of remembering, the importance of not forgetting. Verse 7, back in Psalm 78. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds but would keep his commands. They would not be like their forefathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation whose hearts were not loyal to God, whose spirits were not faithful to him. 
the psalmist keeps reiterating, don't make the same mistakes your fathers made. Don't forget their mistakes. So, so what are our mistakes? What are, what are our society's things? You know, is it, is it the Holocaust? Is it the killing fields of Cambodia? Is it the Stalin purges? Is it not doing the same fashion mistakes of the Kardashians? What are the mistakes that we want to be avoiding? In 1 Timothy, Paul also reminds his spiritual son not to make these mistakes. But what he should be focusing on. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11, we read, But you, man of God, flee from all of this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Flee from sin. Pursue righteousness. Faith, love, endurance and gentleness. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and fight the good fight. My grandmother used to tell me a story that when the communists invaded a new city or town, after they had taken over the town, they were allowed three days where they could steal and pillage and rape as much as they wanted. At one point when my grandparents and my grandmother with two children were fleeing across Europe, the Russian front overtook them and they were in a hut full of Latvian women and children. And they'd been preparing for this, they'd been putting manure on their faces and dogs Dogs, dogs manure all over their faces to make themselves less attractive. But two Russian soldiers came into the hut. And my grandmother said that first she told the kids to get under the beds and she stood up to them. She stood up to them and started swearing in the worst Russian uh, swear words that she knew, which coming from my grandmother is very surprising. But she swore at them to that point where one of them said, let's shoot her. And the other said, no, she's just a stupid woman, let her be. And the two guys walked away to somewhere else. You see, for my grandmother, there was no second thought about laying down her life for her family, both in life and in death, both in total servitude to her family as she was living. So what should the Israelites be fighting for? Verse 9, the men of Ethraim, Though armed with bows, turned back on the day of battle. They did not keep God's covenant and refused to live by his law. They forgot what he had done. The wonders he had shown them. Ephraim, one of the largest tribes of Israel, often seen quite, as quite hot-headed and metaphorically often used to uh, symbolise the northern kingdom, forgot what they should be fighting for. They forsook God and his dwelling place in Jerusalem. When they should have been fighting, they forgot. The psalmist warns us all that if mighty Ephraim can forget what's important in life, so too can each one of us. So again, what should we be fighting for? In a relativist, postmodern society... We, could, we often fight for something called tolerance. 
But often that's an excuse to not stand up for anything real at all. In the 80s, there was a joke that uh, we should fight for uh, land rights for gay whales. For political correctness nowadays. But we fight in first-person shoot-em-ups. We fight with characters in streaming services. We argue about politics, about rising petrol prices. But what about the truth and acceptance of the gospel? How important is that in our daily lives? Is our spiritual armour hanging up and rusting? We work hard for the latest phone, for the latest earbuds, the latest trip to a cool European city. But at work and university, do we stand up for what is right? Or do we, like the the Ephraimites, forget what we should be fighting for? What would our closest friends say is important in our lives? What is stopping us from reading the Bible, from spending time in prayer? What stops you from telling the important information about Jesus to your friends? What keeps you from welcoming newcomers? What keeps you from staying behind after church to encourage your family? What is the thing that causes you to put down your arms? Now, the psalmist gives us a positive uh, uh, motivator, and that is grace. As Jedi read for us in Psalm 23, we follow a God who is full of grace, who despite our sin who despite our fallenness, shows grace. So too, verse 12, he did miracles in in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt, in the region of Zone. He divided the sea and led them through. He made the water stand firm like a wall. He guided them with cloud by day and with light by fire all night. He split the rocks in the desert and gave them water as abundant as the seas. He brought streams out of rocky crags and made water flow down them like rivers. The psalmist reminds us that it is God that is always first to extend his hand to us. He is always the one to lead us away from death and slavery. He is the one that shows us grace, an undeserved gift. The psalmist reminds us that what, hap- uh, what happens when we forget God's provision in our lives. Verse 17. But they continued to sin against him, rebelling in the desert against the Most High. They willfully put God to the test by demanding the food they craved. They spoke against God, saying, Can God spread a table in the desert? When he struck the rock, water gushed out and streams flowed abundantly. But can he also give us food? Can he supply meat for his people? Verse 21. When the Lord heard them, he was very angry. His fire broke out against Jacob and his wrath rose against Israel. For they did not believe in God or trust in his deliverance. Throughout history, despite us consistently turning away from God, God keeps loving us in all of our sin and fallenness. Verse 23. Yet he gave a command to the skies above and opened the doors of heavens. He rained down manna for the people to eat. He gave them the grain of heaven. Men ate the bread of angels. He sent them all the food they could eat. Similarly, we read further that God sent them quail 
God looked after them. But, verse 32, in spite of all this, they kept on sinning. In spite of his wonders, they did not believe. So he ended their days in futility and their years in terror. We can often think how stupid the Israelites were. I mean, they had been in slavery in Egypt. God had pulled them out. There was a burning pillar. There was a pillar of smoke. Out in the middle of nowhere, he'd provided food for them and water, and he'd looked after them. But it's easy to forget that we too, despite all of God's blessings, despite having all of scriptures revealed to us, can forget what is important. We recently heard about a friend in Australia. She was a, a, a godly woman, had a godly husband. They had wonderful, healthy kids, lived in a beautiful house. She was educated, had the right family, was active in church. However, she had a side hustle, which was to work as an influencer. And as free products started rolling in, free trips, she started hanging out more and more with the influencing crowd to get up, uh, to get up the uh, likes and to get up the, uh, the followers. And slowly, ever slowly, she became less involved in church. She became less involved with her church family, more involved in her ritzy lifestyle, slowly drifting away from the truth. She needs to be reminded how important it is to remember what we should be fighting for. She needs to be reminded of God's grace and provision in her her life. She needs the reminding and she needs prayer before she totally forgets. Yet how are we like that? We forget God's grace. We are in difficult times and we forget about God. And in good times... We forget how God, who created everything that we see around us, humbled himself as a man and died for our sins, a humiliating death for us. It only happened a few generations ago in a dusty, small Judean town. But we can get distracted by meaningless myths and genealogies and forget We can get distracted about the stress of food or coffee or wealth or status or career or fashion. In an incredibly crass movie, Borat, um, I remember there was a scene where he was dressed as a homeless man and he was lying down in front of a hall and all these people are stepping over him and avoiding him. And then the camera pans out And you see that the building where he's lying in front of is actually a church. Would we be like that? If someone needy was at our front door, would we step over them because it's inconvenient? Would we forget how the creator of the universe washed his disciples' feet? Would we forget Jesus and forget and not see the people in need right in front of us? We all have different bad habits. We all have things that we struggle with. We all have moments in our past that we would love to keep hidden. Lest someone see our true selves. 
But let's not be like the Israelites and forgetting what is important. So the psalmist warns us not to just remember God when we're struggling. Verse 34. Whoever God's, uh, whenever God slew them, they would seek him. They eagerly turned to him again. They remembered that God was their rock and that God, most high, was their redeemer. But they would flatter him with their mouths, lying to him with their tongues. Their hearts were not loyal to him. They were not faithful to his covenants. You see, the Israelites remember, remembered God with their heads, but not with their hearts and not with their lives. Now, being raised in a Latvian society in Australia, uh, my grandmother, of course, were, grew up where the frost and the snow and everything cold is behind all ailments and behind all sicknesses. So no matter what the temperature was in Australia, I had to wear a jumper. Now, I don't mean some little thin microfiber jumper that, that's really good in the 35 degree of Australia. I mean a thick woolen jumper that she's knitted herself. And so I would go to school with this big jumper and I tell you what, the kids can be so cruel. <laughs> and so I'd have to come up with some story. Oh, you know, I've got a bit of a cold, uh, so I'm wearing it so that I don't get any more sick. Uh, but there's only so many times that lie can pass. And so uh, me with my thick leather shoes and my long pants and my thick jumper while everyone is in shorts and, and, uh, and uh, thongs, uh, that's flip-flops for those uh, not from Australia. Um, don't want to get that wrong. Um, uh, would look at me like crazy. And so I would, so I would forget that my grandmother said, look, you, you will lose it if you take it off. And, but I would take it off and put it down there. And as a consequence, I would lose the jumper that day and go home and get a big lecture about forgetfulness and wasteful of resources and losing money and the time taken to knit this thing. You see, sometimes, like I said before, we can be like the Ephraimites. But are we like this with our Christianity? Is it uncomfortable? Does it feel a little bit wrong in the season that we're in? Are we sometimes embarrassed what our peers think about us in our Christianity? Do we sometimes toss God aside and forget about him and forget about the consequences of losing Jesus? Are we faithful to our covenant with God or do we just offer God lip service whilst our hearts and our minds are truly elsewhere. Now, we would expect God to bring about his full judgment for that kind of behaviour, on such selfish behaviour. But the psalmist reminds that though there is justice, God keeps showing us his grace. Verse 38. Yet he was merciful. He forgave their iniquities and did not destroy them. Time after time, he restrained his anger and did not stir up his full wrath. He remembered that they were but flesh, a passing breeze that does not return. But we need to remember that there is a limit to God's patience. Despite God's restraint, as I said, our God is a God of justice. 
So in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 19, we find out that God has been giving us a symbol for the needs of his justice for a long time. When Moses had proclaimed every commandment of the law to all the people, he took the blood of calves together with water, scarlet wool, branches of hyssop, and sprinkled the scroll and all the people. He said, This is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you to keep. In the same way, he sprinkled with the blood both the tabernacle and everything used in its ceremonies. In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. You see, God gave us a symbol, gave the Israelites a symbol, long before that there needs to be blood spilt to pay for our sins. God's justice needs a reckoning. We are spiritually sick and we need God's forgiveness. And so he sent Jesus to die for our sins once and for all. And all we have to do is accept him as our Lord and Saviour. So Psalm 78 continues to remind us of God's power and justice through the plagues of Egypt, and more importantly, how God saves us from slavery and brings us to the comfort of our new home in his arms. Verse 52 in 78. But he brought his people out like a flock. He led them like sheep through the desert. He guided them safely so they were unafraid, but the sea engulfed their enemies. Thus he brought them to the border of his holy land, to the hill country his right hand had taken. He drove out nations before them and allotted their lands to them as an inheritance. He settled the tribes of Israel in their homes. So it's easy for us to forget that we too were slaves. Maybe not to the Egyptians, but we were slaves to our sin. Do we take granted for what we owe for Jesus' sacrifice? How quickly, like the Israelites, we can demand that God performs for us. Despite the grace that we felt when we first became Christian, we can forget. And so we, like the Israelites, need to be reminded. Because through little compromises, each one of us can fall away. Verse 56. But they put God to the test and rebelled against the Most High. They did not keep his statutes. Like their fathers, they were disloyal and faithless, as unreliable as a faulty bow. They angered him with their high places. They aroused his jealousy with their idols. And unfortunately, we don't always treat God with the fear and respect that he deserves. And eventually there are consequences. And in verses 59 to 66, we are reminded of God's judgment. So how often do we turn our backs on God? How often do we forget what we uh, were and can start feeling pretty good about ourselves? In life, do we sometimes take a deep breath and lie to save our butt? Do we sometimes stretch the truth to get out of some fine or get out of some something? We can easily forget how our sin and the judgment that we deserve 
was graciously taken on the cross for us. What we should be reminding of us, we read in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fall and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. So how does our psalm end? Verse 70. He chose David his servant and took him from the sheep pens. From tending the sheep, he brought him to be the shepherd of his people, Jacob, of Israel his inheritance. And David shepherded them with integrity of heart. With skillful hands, he led them. Ephraim is rejected for forget, forgetting and drifting away. Yet Judah is chosen. God brings about a shepherd like David, who will shepherd all of God's children with skillful hands and integrity. So as Peter reminds us, be more eager to make your calling and election sure. For we have a shepherd far greater than David. God himself, Jesus. Someone you should never forget. Someone you need to hear about every week, Sunday after Sunday. Someone we should keep reminding and encouraging each other about. Now, I remember when I received an email uh, from a person I didn't know that my father had died in Latvia. I'd only met him a couple of times. My parents were divorced when I was three. I'd met him when I was about 12 and again when I was 18. And so I didn't really know my father. And there was a funny emptiness when I received the email. You see... My mum had reminded me often about the things I shouldn't be that, uh, that my father had been. But I'd never been reminded about his good qualities or what he actually was like in many other ways. And because I hadn't reminded him, been reminded about him, I didn't have such a close heart or a close relationship with him. Let's not be like that with our Heavenly Father. We turn up each week, as I said, to hear about David's descendant, Jesus. Why? Because we should be reminded of what he has done. We've heard the stories before. We've heard all the stories that the psalmist reminds us in Psalm 78. But we should be reminded not to forget what we are fighting for. Not to forget our Jesus so that we drift away. Week after week, we need to be reminded about the gospel. It is important, lest we forget. 
So my grandmother's stories are important to me. But more important are the two things that she stressed at the end of her life. She said to keep God important in my life and to never drift away from Jesus. And she said to keep praying for all those in my family that don't know Jesus. Psalm 78 similarly reminds us not to forget what we're fighting for. Not to forget God's character, his grace and his judgment. And not to forget how easily each one of us can uh, drift away when we don't remind ourselves about what's right. Let's keep reminding ourselves. Let's keep remembering Jesus, lest we forget. Let me pray. Father God, let us not forget Jesus and what he has done for us and to be able to teach your gospel not only to our children but to the generations still unborn. Help us to fight the good fight, to love you and our neighbour with all of our mind and soul. Let us not be complacent and forget you in our lives but always remember what is important. Jesus, our Lord and Saviour, in whose precious name we pray and for his glory. Amen.